coming up next on Business Lunch. And so I basically went into outreach mode with every favor I could call with every person for every celebrity that might be a good fit. We ended up with a list of about 22 and we went back and forth and back and forth. And literally the evening before the day three, which is when the interview was to happen at three o'clock, we didn't have somebody. So, and I'm working on presentations and speaking while trying to do the negotiations. And we came down to Gwyneth Paltrow and Magic Johnson. And ultimately we were able to make a deal with Magic Johnson. But then at the same time, it's like, I got to get him a contract, which I had to write on my laptop while driving to the event. And then you've got to send fairness, your questions. You were being driven. Yes. Yes. You're pretty cool, driven. but you can't write contracts while also operating a motor vehicle. I want everybody true. to know that, that is true. for so many reasons. You're listening to Business Lunch with Roland Frazier. This is your seat at the table. Hey, Business Lunch listeners. If you want to scale your business, you have to know what's working and what's broken. And to date, Ryan and Roland have started 13 companies from scratch. They've funded a dozen more and directly advised hundreds of CEOs and entrepreneurs on how to grow and scale their companies. And over the years, they've identified the eight key domains that allow a business to scale to eight figures and beyond. And they use those eight areas to help entrepreneurs and CEOs find their current strengths and weaknesses and understand the constraints that are getting in the way of them scaling. So if you want a quick and accurate look at what areas you can improve to scale your business faster, go and take our scalability assessment. It's an assessment that'll show you exactly where you need to focus to scale your business and achieve even your loftiest goals. In just five minutes, you'll know your exact scale constraints and you'll get instant actionable steps on how to improve your business. So go to businesslunchpodcast.com slash score to take the free assessment. One more time, it's businesslunchpodcast.com slash score. Hey everybody, Roland Frazier and Ryan Dice here with Business Lunch. Today, we are going to talk about some takeaways we had and learnings from our recent Traffic and Conversion Summit. Ryan, we had some interesting learnings, experiences, and takeaways and such. I was, I know you and I were talking about it. Let's chat about those today. You want to kind of give a, a quick summary of some of the things that you, you thought were interesting this time around? Yeah, let's give kind of some context around this. So this is an event, Traffic and Conversion Summit, that we've been putting on for, this was the 11th live one. So 2019 was the 10th anniversary of Traffic and Conversion Summit. It was our biggest one. We had Richard, uh, Sir Richard Branson there. I mean, it was a, you know, a massive, massive event. We were so excited going into 2020 because not only had we just sold this event, which we talked about on previous episodes, but we were going to be moving to the convention center. We were going to have, you know, basically be able to target 10 to 12,000 you know, attendees because they could physically fit in the space. We were going to have Arnold Schwarzenegger and Marcus Marcus Lemonis and like all these amazing speakers, like huge trade floor, all this stuff. And then obviously that didn't happen in 2020. So we did a virtual event instead. And so 2021, the event that we just had was kind of our second shot at it. And I remember we were thinking like, well, surely by then we'll be totally done with COVID. Surely by then it'll be a complete non-issue. So you know, we were hoping, we going back, at, you know, following at the start of this year, we're like, you know, we're going to be getting a late start. Hopefully we can get, you know, between eight and 10,000 people there. That'd be great. That would still be the largest TNC ever. I believe I'm not mistaken, TNC 2019 with Richard Branson had just under 8,000, like 7,500. And truly we were maxed by 
how many the fire marshal we were, would like, let. Fire marshal, hotel, everybody was on us. We had so many people. Yeah, it was bad. And so we were like, it'd be nice if we got there. And, you know, just right when we announced that our, our full agenda, including that we were going to have Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart, which again, we talked about those deals on a previous show. So you should definitely go back and listen to that. The week that we announced this, the big coming out was when like the Delta variant like spike happened and just hit the news and you know where we would have expected to sell literally thousands of tickets i think in one day we actually went backwards which like never happens into masks san diego went to masks (laughs) yeah every everything kind of went sideways so truly our timing couldn't have been worse i mean when you think you figured tnc 2020 was supposed to be at the end of march and the world sort of shut down you know march 15th it was like two weeks later was when that event was supposed to happen and then we're like here comes this one you know, surely by then it'll be gone. No Delta variant, worst possible timing. So I guess, again, running the numbers, we can kind of talk about some of the lessons, learnings, and just in general, peel back the curtain, give you a sense of where maybe we're psychologically during this. We were originally 2020 hoping for about 10,000. We sold about 65, you know, 100 or so like in-person tickets, more virtual, right? More, more virtual, 6,500 there. Our typical show up rate would be 90, 95%. We've had some years where actually more people showed up last minute than even had tickets. So we've had a you know net positive, over 100% show up rate. What we've been seeing, and we were a little bit nervous, some events were getting like 30% show up rate. Some yeah, like the, were- the two weeks before, our Perry uh, Belcher was telling me, because he's got a convention, I think it was convention.com or something like that. And he does a lot of stuff in Vegas. And he's like, man, the last two conventions... We had 25% attendance and 30% attendance. And it was a big show too. It was, uh, I forget which one it was, but it was like, it was a a big show. And they, he said the big deal was for a lot of them also that even at the show, because they had to wear masks, that the people would come in the morning and then just leave around noon and never come back. So it was kind of crickets on the trade floor. So we were concerned about it being a good experience for everybody as well. Yeah. So the... So leading up to it, the early registration, we had like just under a thousand people early registered. And we're like, oh no, this is going to be. But they had this- about 6,000 or so, I think, registered, right? In other words, we, like if everybody came that had signed up, it was. 6,500. Yeah, yeah 65, it was around 6,500 in person and then a few thousand more virtual, right? So ticket sales, actually, all things considered, yeah, they weren't the 10K we were hoping for back in 2020, but still a lot, a really, really solid event. When it came time for it, when the show actually happened, we had about 3,500 folks that actually registered. So a little bit better than 50% by industry standards, great. By any normal event standard, great. By kind of our expectations and certainly what like rooms were set for and things like that, less good. And so I'll just... With with what you're about to share, we have to remind people that one of the big reasons that we sold was your recurring nightmare of walking out on stage at a fully sold out TNC and having zero people in the audience. Yeah. So we'll give, yes, I think that's again, more good context. You know, the numbers more like that's okay. So, you know, I want to say, well, I'll come back to that. So yes, Roland, you're absolutely right. And you know this because when I was like, Hey, I think we should sell TNC. It's like, why? I mean, it's still growing. Things are really good. And it's like literally for the past four or five years, I wake up in dead sweats, like cold sweats multiple times in the month leading up to the event with this recurring nightmare that I walk out on stage for the opening keynote and nobody's there at a sold out event, right? And I used to occasionally also have nightmares that they're calling me and I can't get to the stage, which happened one time. I actually got locked, as you recall. I think it was TNC 2017. 
I got locked in a stairwell. That's another story. But I, funny enough, after that happened, I got out and it was fine. No more nightmares about that. But this recurring nightmare about walking out on stage and there being nobody there, I'm backstage before this event is about to kick off and I'm looking, I'm like, this room is not full. This room is not, this room is empty. Now, thankfully, the other thing that we didn't consider is being at the trade show. It's not like when we had it in the hotel and people just came down the elevator and walked in the room. The, the trade show is next to the Marriott, which is where we had done it in the past, but it was on the complete opposite side of the convention center. It was at least a 30, 40 minute walk from just about any hotel to get to, you know, the room. So thankfully, by the time like opening ceremonies happened, all sorts of stuff, the room, the room was pretty full. I mean, there were at least like, you know, 3000 or so, you know, people in a room. So not, not too bad, you know, at all, but boy, the moments leading up to it, I'm back there in near, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, near panic attack. Like, I mean, I was in not a good place. I mean, I was in not, you know, a good place at all. And so that you was kind of me. I got your text. <laughs> oh, my God. So I want I think it's important for people to realize that to know that, you know, this game that we're all playing, right? It, you know, it has its ups and it has some downs. Also, I don't want anybody to ever think that anybody has it all figured out. I think we get credit for that. I know I had so many people being like, oh, you know, great job in your keynote, you know, you know, awesome. Like even my wife, cause she was, she wasn't back there with me and I wasn't texting her cause I didn't want her to freak out. She was out in the audience and she's like, oh my God, I know you're nervous. Like you did great. And my wife does not, she's not going to be super quick to compliment me. So <laughs> very often what gets put out in this case, literally on stage is not what's actually happening backstage. Right. And so I want, you know, th- this was a literal thing, you know, for us at TNC, but I think there's a good metaphor here for everybody in business. When you're looking around, and you're seeing what gets put out on the stage, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you know, whatever. Just Even in by real life. Yeah. It, it's not always how it actually is going. And that's why we're having this conversation now. It wound up being fine. You know, it wound up being fine. Like, and when I was thinking, we were waiting for, for something to go really wrong. And then it did. So do you want to tell the story about the news that you got the day before? Uh, the yeah, event? It was the day that it opened. So you- That's you, right. Yeah. You went on stage and and then I headed down there and, and I had a call saying Snoop is sick and isn't going to make it. I was like, well, but, but, and- uh, but, we, but we paid him yeah, a and, house. And, uh, <laughs> and so, you know, it's like, obviously, if you're sick, you can't make it. And so what are we going to do? And by the way- you need to decide right now, are we going to roll over for next year? Are we going to cancel? What are we going to do with him? And I, I, well, first, <laughs> let me think yeah. about how are we going to deliver a really great experience for the people that have paid to come to the event because you don't want to not have a celebrity there. I, I, was, I, I went one time to the Inc. 5000 concert and uh, convention, and they were supposed to have Robert Herjavec from, the, from Shark Tank. And he just didn't show and they didn't say anything about it or announce anything. I went in the room where he was supposed to be. It's just like, <laughs> I was like looking at the people around me and they were looking and we're like, you must supposed to be, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> and it's two people on stage that I've never heard of that I don't really care about that much talking about stuff that doesn't matter. And we're all, the whole audience is just like, so I suggest, I was like, well, you know, we could just do what that, what those guys did. Just pretend like, it, you know. These Who's are not. Miss it's it's Snoop, the you know? these are not the droids you're looking for. Argument. <laughs> you need um, you need Obi Wan with you to, yeah. to make that happen. So anyway, so I talked with Ryan and Richard and and our partners at Clarion and said I think Snoop will be great next year. Let's. It would be great. By the way, we've never started a 
next TNC, like the next year. We've never finished one with a celebrity already contracted to go to the next one. So this is a big deal. We get to really have a lot of time to let people know that that's the case. It helps with pre-sales and all that kind of stuff. Let's keep Snoop. He's only doing great as far as kind of, he's continually on the rise for 40 years now. And so we made that decision and communicated to them. And then it was like, okay, who is going to go in place of that? Now, keep in mind that we all have, Ryan and Richard and I have several presentations that we're doing at this event. Lots of things to keep our eye on while things are going on. And, you know, despite having the wonderful team that Clarion is now running so much of it, and we've got to find a celebrity that is of kind of equal stature and appeal to our audience as Snoop and do it in a day and a half and preferably a day so that we can announce that this is happening. And so I basically went into outreach mode with every favor I could call with every person for every celebrity that might be a good fit. We ended up with a list of about 22 and we went back and forth and back and forth. And literally the evening before the day three, which is when the interview was to happen at three o'clock, we didn't have somebody. So, and I'm working on presentations and speaking while trying to do the negotiations. And we came down to Gwyneth Paltrow and Magic Johnson. And ultimately we were able to make a deal with Magic Johnson. But then at the same time, it's like, I got to get him a contract, which I had to write on my laptop while driving to the event and then you've in, got to in send fairness your questions. you were being driven yes yes you're pretty cool driven. but you can't <laughs> write contracts while also operating a motor vehicle i want everybody true. to know that, that is true for so many reasons uh, and, yes. and then i had to submit you have to submit your questions in advance and so they're like okay we got the contract and clarion was right on it got the wire out to pay the fee and everything you know it was amazing how fast that deal happened credit to magic and his team and clarion and our team to make all that happen so fast and and then they text me and they're like, okay, we need the questions. And I'm like, man, really? I was like, I didn't know I was going to have to do the questions and writing ahead. You always do. But I was like, maybe because it's the day of the event. And so when Ryan and I were driven down there that morning, the third day, I'm like, I can't talk. Is it okay if I just listen to my headphones? I'm listening to magic interviews and his books yeah, and all what, this what other time, stuff. What time did you wake up that morning, Roland, to start the process? 3 a.m. and I went to bed at 1 a.m. <laughs> yeah, so so again, this is another thing that I want everybody to hear because these are stories, but they're also lessons, right? So like this really bad thing happened and your ability to stay cool on the outside and the inside has always been impressive to me. I can fake it on the outside when to people who are looking, but I've got to share my pain and misery with those closest to me for some reason, which I think makes me flawed. You don't do that. You manage to kind of bottle it all up, which is impressive. But in both cases, it's like, well, suck it up, buttercup. Let's get it done. Yeah. And, and I love that you're like, yeah, I mean, I guess that just means I'm not going to. And, and it wasn't a question of like this and you weren't looking for pity. And we're like, man, that's so awesome. Like, just thanks do for doing do. that. But and do you remember because you interviewed Martha Stewart and nobody knew this, but I don't. Well, I'm not going to say. OK, no, I am going to say it. Backstage when she arrived, she had somebody helping her and she had a device to help her to help her walk because she had just had what, like ankle surgery? Like, ankle she surgery. Like, just, she like broke, like fractured her ankle or something like that. And you didn't go into all the details, but on stage you were like, and yet you're here. I can't believe that you did that and kind of expressed amazement that, you know, here's this amazing, iconic, you know, entertainer, businesswoman, billionaire 
who literally broke her ankle would have had every reason to be like, yeah, I can't go. I just had surgery. I'm, I literally can't walk by myself more than a few steps. You know, my doctor, she literally, her doctor was like, don't move. Don't and do there it. she is. And she was like, but this was the job. Like, and she was so matter of, you remember, you probably remember better than I do, you know, what she said. And eventually this will be on a, a future business lunch podcast. So our listeners yeah. will get to hear it. It was just so matter of fact. She's like, no, of course I'm here. Yeah. That was the job. And it was kind of like, you know, of course I'm going to wake up at 3 a.m. to listen to Magic Johnson's biography and every interview that he's ever done so that I can craft questions and get them to him ahead of time. So this <laughs> idea of like, just suck it up and do the work is also, yeah, it's okay to freak out. And on the outside, you need to understand that the people who seem like they're the most together generally don't. Sometimes crap goes sideways. But that's a reason to maybe sleep less. It's not a reason to give up. Yeah. You deliver on your promise and you make the thing every bit of what you promised it was going to be to the people who have invested their time and money to come. And, you know, you've got to work yourself a little harder than normal for, you know, however long it takes to make that happen. You do it. The other thing that was fun was, and I don't want to say specifically, but there were some communications that went out that weren't authorized and related to some of the celebrities. And you've got to get approvals of every single thing. And that created this just the same day, by the way, this huge tempest of drama of crap. around of what had the happened. swirling tornado of feces is what yes. it created. Yes. And so same thing there is like, to me, it's just, you say, okay, so here's the things that we can do about it. This is all we can do. If anything else comes of it, then it's going to come and there's nothing, no worrying or freaking out that's going to cause that not to happen. And by the way, what the actual exposure is, is this, and it's not that much good thing, you know, good legal thing to have. But it's like that all was there. And I don't even know what else was going on, but we had so many things behind the scenes. But in that kind, I mean, this was more than normal. This Way was so much normal. that uh, yeah. some of the people that were helping us like burst into tears when it was over going, I'm so relieved, just an emotional purging. It's It was, and keep in mind, this was carrying over from two years now, like all the sponsors, all the deals, all everything for almost two years. Cause we make these deals well in advance of doing the event. So the, the yeah, most of these deals were done back in March, April of 2019, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And so, no, and I, I think like, what you said there, and it, and it was interesting during this season where everything is during each one of these things that happened, because there was also drama around the virtual event. Like, so we had, we needed to hybridize it, have a virtual one. And there were issues with the feed going out. Obviously, a lot of people who last minute were told by various governments that they could not come in. Yep. They had to shift to virtual. They're staying up late because of time zone issues overnight. Even, even to be Marcus Lamanis and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Yeah. We had to send crews to their homes. You know, but even like this year, it was like just the feed kept dropping out and people were freaking out. I got to brag on our partners on this one because they made the decision, look, a lot of people bought virtual but didn't buy the recordings. And so we're going to refund anybody who bought the recordings and give everybody who didn't the recordings for free to make it right. So when bad things happen, it's okay to freak out for a little bit, but you still got to deliver and you got to make it right for your people, for your customers. What I thought was interesting is I... There were like two groups of people on our teams, on the collective teams, anytime something went wrong. There were the people who, when bad things happened, they got more calm and they pursued solutions. Like that's you. Like you are, and we definitely have some people on our team who are like that. And then there are some folks who they just seem drawn to the drama. And it's like, they act like they don't enjoy it, but the fact that they just keep going at it, I'm not saying that they're bad people, and I'm not saying they can't do a good job, 
but it may mean that they're not yet ready for a leadership level type post. Because I think the the thing that separates, you know, leaders in business and in life is when bad things happen, leaders are able to remain unusually calm. And I just don't see that with everybody. And in calm even, and call and audible. Yeah, calm exactly. Calm and call and it's okay to freak out for a bit, but you're not able to freak out completely and you still have to deliver. So what were the other so all in all, I think it's interesting to look at this. My big takeaway was who said like comparison is the thief of joy? Do you remember? I don't know. I think it's like Kant or somebody like that, some philosopher. I remember the entire time all of TNC being so disappointed and just having this general sense of like- This year? Yeah. Really? Yeah. During the event? During the event. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is a confession, right? I'm not saying I'm right. Being so disappointed, what I realized is I was comparing this year's event to the picture I had in my mind of what TNC 2020 would have been had there not been a pandemic. Interesting. What an incredibly unhealthy and unhelpful mindset to have, right? And it wasn't until, I don't know when, I think it might have even been my wife. I think it might have even been Emily. That she's like, I don't understand because everybody else seems kind of happy. Like the attendees yeah. all seemed happy. Like we were at times freaking out. But the trade floor, man, the trade floor this year was so elevated. It looked amazing. The vendors, like our sponsors and exhibitors, were thrilled because there were people all over the place on the trade floor. It was, it was popping. It was great. The VIP area was great. The celebrities, like Martha Stewart was amazing. Um, being able to get Magic Johnson, he was, I don't want to say better than what Snoop would have been because I know Snoop's going to be there. But for the moment and really what we need in that time to close it out, his energy, I think, was perfect. He like, was it was amazing. Outstanding. I, I'm sad that we weren't able to have him be able to agree to have that interview on the Business Lunch podcast because he said, basically, he's got like all my friends ask me to be on their podcast and I just don't want to be on a billion podcasts. So I can't, but you know, but <laughs> I, I want yeah. to, but he was pretty cool about it. We may go up after the fact and see if we can buy it. But I, all that said, the, like when I realized that I was comparing this to something that I had hoped would be, but never could because a pandemic struck, right? That's not fair. It wasn't fair to myself. It wasn't fair to everybody who was busting their tails to put on a great event. It wasn't fair to our customers who frankly were enjoying themselves and getting tremendous value from it. And I realized like, dang, this is actually great. You know, to have thousands of people here in a time when, you know, so many people came to me like, thank you for doing this. Like, it's so great to do this and to elevate the experience. And yeah, I know, you know, you wish that there are more people there, but come on, like, Thousands of people literally could not come. And to, lots to of people credit, chose not that, to come. That did not come across at all. And the only time that you seemed worried was when you texted me that one that the morning when you're like, there's not a lot of people in here. We'll see how it goes. But that is really good that I agree with you 100%. Is that, that's an unfair comparison, but you did not, you didn't come across and it didn't seem to in any way detract from, you know, from your delivering or our ability to drink large amounts of wine every night before we went on stage. The next well, day. perhaps the, uh, the drinking large amounts of expensive wine every night was, you know, not coping in the best possible way to some of the uh, things that I was dealing with. There's nothing wrong with <laughs> drinking great wine. Uh, you got to question like your motives though. But no, it was, I just, I got to say it was, there's some things that you're so happy that they're done and you just want to kind of, and this was kind of that because it had For just me been too, so just much just because build. of so much carryover. So much. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. much carryover. But God dang, I'm really proud in retrospect. I'm really like proud of the team. You know, I'm proud of the work. You know, I'm proud of the content and the product that was put out there. You know, you're always going to have some sessions that are better than others. That's no matter what that, that's going to happen. We found but, a lot of, we have a new senior management team 
in their roles and in a lot of people from when we've last done TNC. And so that was the other thing is that we had a lot of takeaways and learnings. I think the tech stack was way too complicated. I think it, we have successfully run events for years, you know, over a decade. And so just kind of not having communication between some of the people that are good at doing events and accounting for them and letting their learnings be how we work this and trying to reinvent the wheel. I think that we learned that we can get better at our communications there and and our sales strategies and what we're exactly going to do. But I, overall, a win, but definitely probably room for at least a doubling of, of performance improvement on some of the things that we Hey, Business Central listeners, we're going to get right back to the show. But Roland wanted me to invite you to a brand new training that he's doing on acquiring businesses with no money out of pocket. It's something that he's talked quite a bit about on the show, but he's doing a free training where he's going to walk through the entire process. So if you want to get access to that, go to businesslunchpodcast.com slash epic. That's businesslunchpodcast.com slash epic, and you can get signed up. We're doing with the learnings that we've got from this. Yeah. So. Looking back now, we've had a, a few nights sleep. It's still fresh. I guess it was around. You and yeah, I were as both like at the end. It's the next two days. Dude. I was just like out. <laughs> Nothing. Well, I got home. I got off the plane and it was instantly like we got home. It's like go to my daughter's cheer. My daughter was a cheerleader at the football game. So it's like go and be surrounded by people. How was the event? It's like shut up. I hate all of you. Definitely needed more time to, to decompress. But now that we've had that time, any kind of key lessons, takeaways, things like that, that you would that we haven't talked about or that you would want to like emphasize, put an exclamation mark on? I think just it's, it does, it goes with our philosophy, which is don't panic, just move forward. And, and so I think we really had the right focus. I'm proud of all of us for having the right focus on the customer experience and really whatever it took everybody. I mean, so many people worked their butts off and put in double time and triple time and didn't sleep and made this happen across the hundreds of people on the team that bring that event to life. And so I just think from that perspective, it was great. And the realization that like when something goes wrong, almost every time in my life, every bad thing leads to a better thing. So the challenge with Snoop, I think we'll have a even better performance from Snoop because hundred percent and he'll feel like, you know, coming in with a big win, I think magic, the relationship that we've got and the ability to talk with them this week about working with their foundation and digital marketer, I think is super exciting. So that would not have happened had we not had him come and the ability for the people that helped us bring him in, like Dan Fleshman and, and some of those people, really, it's good to be able to to see that you've got friends that will come and show up when you need them. And then magic's performance, he was just, uh, he was just awesome. So I like, Across the board, the, the, the only thing I would say is like there was definitely a big takeaway to me was that I think that without our involvement, unfortunately, the tech stack on the performance side, the lack of information on how sales were going each day or throughout the day, that was something that we definitely can improve on. And I think we just tried to make it more complicated than it needed to be. And sometimes relying on tech isn't necessarily the best thing when you can just write it down and have it all there and, you know, <laughs> and be up to date every single minute instead of, well, we have to make this system talk to this one and this one isn't and this one's down. And that was really frustrating. Yeah. And ultimately it was solved by just manual input into a spreadsheet, which solves so many things. Yeah. I guess my, for like, for me, I, I think two big things, one, and you said it, you touched on it, the 
resilience is built like it's a muscle and it needs to be torn down and, and it only gets built in these difficult times. And so being challenged, now we know, not that I ever want to deal with it again, but we know if we have a celeb drop last minute, it doesn't mean we'll always be able to pull it off, but we know that we have. And so we know, okay, there's no need to completely panic and freak out. We've been here before. We can do this again. That is a gift in business and in life. So if you're listening to this and you're going through like a really tough time right now, you're going through a brutal season. I don't want to sugarcoat it and make it seem like everything's going to be fine. You know, it may suck for a while, but you're building up scar tissue. You know, you're building up resilient, that muscle that will, that you can deploy later on in business and life. And I just don't know any other way to get it. So that was kind of the first thing. And the second is just how much of my own personal ego was wrapped up in stuff. That was the thing that, that I realized when I was worried that not enough people were going to be there. It wasn't because I was worried about the success of the show. It wasn't because I was worried about the people not being there who needed to hear what we had to share just in business and life-changing kind of knowledge and ideas and that, that experience that they had. I was worried about looking dumb and that was where everything was coming from. And so I would just, you know, as I confess and admit this here to all of you, I would ask you to like look in the mirror and say how much of the things that if you haven't taken that action, if you haven't taken that thing, launched that product, you know, call, made that sales call, made that business development push, like if you haven't done that, how much of it is wrapped in your actual concerns about the business or how much of it is concerned about you worried about looking dumb? And if it's the latter, I would say the same thing that I said to you that I said to me, which is just suck it up, buttercup, get to work, you know, do your job, um, stop making it about you. Yeah. And that I'll close out to one thought based on that is so the number of people that were in rooms was an issue for some people. And so if you're ever at a live event, just to me, you focus on delivering the absolute best performance that you can with the people that you've got. I had a room, the main ballroom, which sat like close to 5,000 people, they forgot to put on the app that I had a session there. So when I walked into the room, there were, well, I was backstage. And again, some people were calm, some people were freaking out and they were like, you you can't go on this. The session's canceled because we didn't put it on the thing. And I'm like, no, it was on the, it was on the agenda that was online. It was on the agenda. It was on the website. And we've committed to it. So I don't care if there's eight people or 8,000 people, I'm going to go out and do it. And I'm not upset about it in any way because this is what we're here to do. It's like, and again, that's something that to me I've had to learn over time. But here's the cool thing is that if you impact one person in the audience with what you have to share, then you had a huge win because you made it a win for them and they got what they wanted from coming to that event. And so there were rooms that I had that were completely full and there was the room that had 18 people in it, you know, and which was your only main stage session. Also, you had every reason in the world as a, you know, as a partner, as an owner of the company, this is your, you know, your main stage solo session. I know we had wicked smart and obviously you did the, you know, you did the celebrity interviews and, and business lunch things that we did there, but this was your main stage talk. And yeah, we showed up and there's, again, people freaking out. We got to cancel it. I was like, oh man, I feel really bad for rolling. You're like, that's fine. And dude, there were in a room set for no joke about 5,000 people. There were less than 50 people in that room. I mean, it 
was and you didn't care. You were just like, no, it's totally fine. I'm going to go deliver for those folks. And you did. They had an amazing experience. If you were at TNC and you didn't get the recordings, it's worth getting the recordings just to get that particular session that Roland did on. <laughs> Especially because nobody else equity. saw it. <laughs> yeah, literally. It was the, I told everybody, it was like, all of you who are here, you get the treat, you know, of a lifetime because, you know, you were here and nobody else was. So, yeah. Very cool. cool. Awesome. Well, good show. Happy to have it in the bag. Looking forward to 2022 and hope that everybody that is watching, listening will come. We have some really, really exciting things coming up. and uh, We do have another event, by the way. I just like okay, that. Go. What, yeah, what go. event, Sorry. pray tell, is it? It's the um, Scale Up it, Impact Live. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Scalable, I can't remember the name of it. Scalable Impact Live in uh, Austin, Texas, November at some point. I can, I can never remember the date. They're, they're going to have to go I believe that the event is the 2nd and 3rd of November and uh, 21. And, the, uh, and then our War Room Mastermind is immediately after that on the 4th and 5th. Yes, and it's in uh, Austin, Texas, which is a lovely place to be in November. No joke. Great time to be there. And now we might even have some significantly cool celebrities coming as well. And even if we don't, it, we're going to be there. It's single track, workshop style. So it's Roland teaching you. It's me teaching you. It's Richard. It's, it's us just kind of working through processing. Two days, just getting actual work done, uh, learning cool stuff, networking with cool people. And uh, yeah, so tickets are still available. But Where might one find said tickets? scalableimpactlive.com. Go go check it out and hang out with us. Love it. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate you being here. We'll see you next time on Business Lunch. You've been listening to Business Lunch with Roland Frazier. If you're enjoying the show, let us know by subscribing and leaving a review. And for more information, go to businesslunchpodcast.com. Thank you for listening. What if three days could change the course of your business in 2023? Get Scalable Live is where you'll gain great clarity on the next steps that will help you create the business, life, and wealth you deserve. Connect with business owners and entrepreneurs just like you, hungry for advice, proven strategies, and necessary connections to grow a business. Literally, million-dollar conversations are happening in the hallways, in the bathrooms, across tables. Get Scalable Live at Fairmont Austin, November 2nd through 4th. Tickets are on sale now at GetScalableLive.com.